Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. Yes, indeed. Welcome to another edition of Build, Grow, and Enjoy. We are back for 2021. Who knew I'd still be doing this damn show in 2021? BuildGrownEnjoy.com is the official website. So let's go over to our first guest here on BGE for the new year. Hello. Sorrell, how are you, my friend? Yeah, this is Cyril Wectus. Hello, how are you? How are you? How are you? Uh, calling okay. you for your radio interview here today. How are you, sir? Yes, okay. Is this Mr. Lowe? Yes, indeed, this is. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm ready uh, for your interview. Is this live then, no? Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We have got uh-huh. a tremendous, tremendous guest with us today here on our broadcast. And uh, the good doctor joins us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, talking about the life and deaths of Cyril Wecht. And uh, he has the, uh, got the memoirs of America's most controversial forensic pathologist. So, doctor, tell us a little bit about this book. This is an incredible, incredible book. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to talk with you. I appreciate you having invited me uh, to uh, join you on your program. Well, the book uh, uh, details um, uh, trials and travails in my life and uh, some interesting things along the way uh, during my life. And then I have uh, <clears throat> capsulized versions of a couple dozen of my uh, famous controversial cases that I've been involved in in this country and uh, some foreign countries, uh, too. And it's a discussion, too, about the criminal justice system, showing how it can be uh, perverted and uh, used malevolently uh, by prosecutors who are out (laughs) to get you. So uh, it's a combination of things, and I believe the book is uh, interesting, and people are finding it um, quite informative and enjoyable. So, what has been the uh, been the feedback you've gotten on this book? Because this, like I mentioned earlier, it's a tremendous, tremendous read, my friend. Well, I thank you, sir. Uh, no, I've gotten wonderful feedback, uh, many comments, uh, sua sponte, you know, not uh, not uh, solicited uh, from friends and others who want to be nice. It was just people, uh, including you know, many people that I don't even know, just sent me emails or so on. Uh, they read the book. Uh, and they've heard me discuss things on programs like yours. Um, so the feedback uh, has been um, quite good uh, from uh, different uh, places all around the country. Now, you have been involved in all sorts of different things, from the Warren Commission to John Benet Ramsey, O.J. Simpson. Uh, talk to me about some of, some of these different uh, cases that you've been Hello? involved in. Yes, yes. Tell us about some of the different cases you've been involved in. Hello. Doctor, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? I'm sorry, I'm not hearing you. Doctor, can you hear us, my friend? Doctor. Doctor, is there a doctor in the house? Apparently there's not a doctor in the house. So we are going to go back to the doctor. Yes, hello. There we are. Doctor, can you hear us now, doctor? Doctor, can you hear us, doctor? Doctor, doctor, doctor. We need a doctor. Doctor, 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 doctor. Oh, doctor, 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 doctor. We need ourselves a doctor. Oh, doctor. 
I need me a doctor. I'm looking for a doctor. He's got to be a doctor. Doctor, doctor, yeah. I'm looking for a doctor. Let's hope we get the doctor. You try calling me on my landline. 412-281-9090. Okay, well, we're going to... We're going to try the doctor. A doctor, doctor. Oh, give me a doctor. I got to get that doctor. Oh, oh, doctor. Try to find me a doctor. A doctor, doctor. Yeah, doctor. Oh, 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 got to get me a doctor. A doctor. A doctor, doctor. Yeah, doctor. We'll see if we Hello? can. There we are. Can you hear us now, Doctor? Okay. Yeah, I have a floor. I floor I'm on. I got a floor. Uh, yes, now I hear you. Okay, good. Let, let's continue on here. So tell us about some of the different cases you've been involved in, my friend, because you've been involved in a lot of them. Tell us all about it, yes, Doctor. Well, uh, John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, Dr. Martin Luther King, and then on into uh, um, Elvis Presley, uh, Tammy Wynette. Uh, Gene Harris, Sonny Von Bulow, Waco Branch Davidian Fire, Chandra Levy, uh, Secretary of Commerce, uh, Ron Brown, White House Counsel, Vincent Foster, um, uh, O.J. Simpson, John Benet Ramsey, um, <coughs> Whitney Houston, uh, Phil Spector. Uh, so there have been a lot of cases over the years, uh, and I continue to be active as a forensic pathologist and medical legal consultant. Uh, to this day, in fact, I just... Uh, did an autopsy today for a private family and a couple of autopsies uh, yesterday for coroners. And I'm working on medical legal consultations with uh, attorneys as we speak. I just uh, spoke with an attorney in Washington State and another attorney in uh, Florida. So that's the way it works. So, so Doctor, uh, you mentioned Elvis Presley. What, what, what were yep. some of the different uh, different things with, with Elvis's uh case or matters. Jerry Francisco, uh, who was the medical examiner at Tennessee at that time, uh, he said it wasn't his case, and he uh, relinquished jurisdiction. So the body was over at Memphis Baptist Hospital, where a private autopsy was being performed by uh, the pathologist there. Nevertheless, uh, Jerry Francisco went over there, and uh, while not participating in the autopsy, and before it was even completed, and certainly before microscopic tissues could be examined and before toxicology results were in he was already announcing to the world that Elvis Presley had died from heart disease Elvis Presley did not have heart disease Elvis Presley died from 11 central nervous system depressant drugs all of which have been prescribed for him by Dr. Nicopolis good old Dr. Nick who was a Graceland sycophant and anything that Elvis needed um, getting ready for a performance during a performance after a performance getting up in the middle of the night to play handball or go to a dentist, uh, anything that he wanted, uh, Dr. Nicopolis uh, prescribed. It wasn't done malevolently, obviously, yeah. but that's what killed Elvis Presley. Wow, wow. It is just amazing. We have got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. So, Doctor, you also were involved in the uh, Jean Benet Ramsey case. Uh, give us a little bit of details on this. Yes, I've studied that case for different people and uh, reviewed it and, and uh, discussed it with my colleague, Dr. Henry Lee, who had reviewed it also, uh, internationally renowned criminalist, and so on. 
my take on Chambly Ramsey is that there was no outside intruder. Uh, that is total hogwash. Uh, this is a death that occurred, um, and I, I believe it was unintentional, accidental, uh, not a homicide, although technically, legally speaking, it would come down as manslaughter. I think the death occurred while her father, John Ramsey, uh, was engaged in a game that had been played before with her. The little girl was a surrogate for her mother, uh, Patsy Ramsey, uh, suffering from stage four ovarian cancer, uh, who was out of the sex business. And this is a uh, game that had been played before. Um, <clears throat> this was evidenced by chronic inflammation of the inner lining of the vagina, focal erosion of the seven o'clock position, picture a woman having a gynecological examination, the index finger of the examiner going in and striking um, the vaginal lining at the 7 o'clock position. And then under polarized light, birefringent material is seen, uh, the most ubiquitous common source of which in households is talcum powder. So uh, put that all together. And uh, uh, then she had an 8.5-inch fracture of the skull that produced only a teaspoon and a half full of blood, seven cc's. Somebody comes in and smacks you on the top of the head, producing that kind of injury. You don't die right away. Uh, you die from the accumulated blood uh, that develops within the cranial cavity. Uh, seven cc's was just uh, a little bit of uh, oozing from damaged uh, capillaries. She was already dead or dying, and that blow was inflicted to simulate uh, a blow from an outside intruder. And then you have uh, the um, body not being found by the homicide detectives who were called over uh, by Patsy Ramsey. And it wasn't until seven hours later that John Ramsey, uh, then with his best friend at that time, Fleet White, a multimillionaire businessman like John Ramsey, who became his worst enemy, had been invited over with his wife uh, by John Ramsey. And about one o'clock that afternoon, John Ramsey says to Fleet White, let's go look again. And he takes him down into a basement and uh, opens up a door to a room that the detectives who had been looking for the body seven hours earlier did not even know was there. That's how obscure that uh, door was. But uh, John Ramsey uh, and his wife would have us believe that this uh, outside intruder knew about that room and also a back set of stairs that led to the basement uh, to that obscure room. And then you have the so-called ransom note. <laughs> we represent a small foreign faction, and the bonus, the ransom that was requested uh, was $118,000. That's a nice round sum, right? <laughs> that's, exactly the amount, that's exactly the amount that John Ramsey had earned from his company as a bonus the year before. And by the way, um, the um, <clears throat> outside intruder, um, he uh, looked for pen and paper uh, in the house that night in total darkness, uh, he started to write a uh, note he didn't like it. He crumpled up the first page, and then he wrote it again. He knew that one day this would be a very uh, irrelevant piece of information. And uh, then he does all of that. Uh, as horrible a monster as he is, he's pretty cunning and uh, pretty sharp to have done everything attributed to him, coming into the house without awakening anybody, doing all the things I've told you about, then leaving the house. He forgets one thing, one thing. Uh, what does he forget? He forgets the body. Uh, he does all of this, writes the ransom note, and then he takes, he doesn't take a 45-pound package, uh, the little girl, and dispose of it anyway. He leaves the body after writing the ransom note. You like that? That's the outside intruder. Wow. 
Holy smokes. We have got a uh, tremendous guest with us today. Dr. Wendt is with us today. He has got a tremendous, tremendous new book. It is fantastic. The Life and Deaths of uh, Sarah Wendt and uh, Memoirs of America's Most Controversial Forensic Pathologist. And he joins us today here on our big program. So talk to us about Martin Luther King Jr. Talk to us about his uh, his case. Well, um, we're told that James Earl Ray was the assassin. James Earl Ray has spent uh, much of his life in prison on uh, various petty crimes, nothing involving murder or rape or anything against the people, just uh, theft and robbery and stupid things like that. He tried to escape from jail several times. At one time, a car ran out of gas. Another time, a car had a flat tire. Finally, he succeeds in escaping from jail. He's living quite comfortably and safely in Mexico for a whole year. And one day, he awakens and decides that he can't live a day longer unless Martin Luther King uh, is eliminated. So he makes his way back into the States, and he knows that if he gets a room in a uh, uh, rooming house and goes down the corridor to the communal bathroom, opens up the transom window, that he will be facing the balcony of the Lorraine Motel where Dr. King was staying, having gone to Memphis to try to settle a strike involving refuse workers. So he does all that, shoots uh, King, according to uh, the officials, and then he leaves. And then what does he do? He says, well, you know what? This isn't fair. Who in the world is ever going to think that James Earl Ray uh, did this? So I've got to give them some uh, some clue uh, to make this fair. He leaves the gun with his fingerprints. He leaves the gun. He doesn't wipe the fingerprints. He leaves it there. He, you don't take it in your car, throw it into a river down a sewer, uh, dismantle it, break it up into pieces. He leaves it with his fingerprints. He makes his way in a brand new Mustang. We don't know where all his money is coming from. To Canada, he has um, passports and documents that would make 007 green with envy. <laughs> uh, he gets over to England, England to Spain, back to England, and finally he's arrested. Uh, that is the theory of James Earl Ray. I think that was a setup. James Earl Ray was a patsy. I participated in the autopsy on James Earl Ray. He died from natural diseases. Uh, they didn't bother getting him a liver transplant, which he needed because of his hepatitis. But in any event, um, that's uh, my take and my involvement with Dr. Martin Luther King. Wow. Uh, this is a tremendous, tremendous book. What, 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 what has been some... Uh what, what 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 has been some some different feedback you've gotten on this book? Because I'm I'm sure some of the cases and some of the different things are are, are just uh, people people are talking about. Well, they are. Thank you. The life and deaths of Cyril uh, Wack memoirs of America's most controversial forensic pathologist. Yep. Um, I I must tell you, you know, that I've gotten uh, nice feedback. Uh, Nobody has written or contacted me to tell me that something is wrong or, <laughs> or uh, that I uh, misstated facts or anything like that. Um, uh, you know, I've gotten comments from all over uh, the country and some foreign countries, uh, too. Um, and uh, I have been very, very pleased by uh, the way in which it has been received. Well, you have got a lot of of, of great uh, great stories and and, and great uh, great facts in this book. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the the Waco Branch Davidian fire. How, how how did you how did you deal with with that? With the fact that there was that it was it was fire. I um, 
did repeat autopsies on David Koresh, the cult leader, and his principal lieutenant, Steve Schneider, and Schneider's wife, Judy Schneider. And I showed um, the way the bullet wounds were and correlated it with all of the background information um, that um, all of this was an attack from the outside. And this has now been proven, this is a matter of record, that the um, law enforcement people went there. There was no need to have attacked that place in that fashion on a Sunday. They knew that uh, these people left every Sunday to go out um, and buy guns and other things, um, and they just uh, undertook a, a military assault. The only thing that was missing were tanks and fighter planes. They wound up killing uh, seven, eight little kids and a bunch of other people. Um, and, you know, there just there was no need for that. Uh, it was a, a tragedy, whatever. It, actually no specific crimes have been committed, but even if there were any technical crimes, then fine. But no reason to have undertaken that kind of an assault. Um, it's, it's, it's terrible. We have got a tremendous guest with us today, and this book is uh, just just phenomenal. You have got all sorts of different things in here, Doctor. And uh, tell me a little bit about the the Lacey Peterson case. You you, you did. I did second autopsy on Lacey Peterson. I was consulted by attorney Mark Garagos, and I did an autopsy on the baby too. You know, she had been found floating uh, in in the bay there and then her child uh, um, found the next day. Um, I was not able to make any specific determinations because the head was gone and the both arms, one leg, and only just one part of another leg, and all the internal organs were gone except for the uterus, so I was not able to do anything. And um, I wound up then not testifying. Dr. Henry Lee and I uh, called up uh, Attorney Garagos and told him that couldn't tell him specifically about when, where, and how um, she had died. And in fact, that's exactly what the medical examiner who had done that examination for the county government had said. So I, I told Mark that I can't give you anything more or better than what you already have accomplished on cross-examination. And to this day, as we speak, nobody knows exactly when, where, and how Lacey Peterson was killed. I'm not uh, challenging um, the jury's verdict, and I, I frankly believe uh, that it's most likely, almost certainly, that her husband was the one who, who uh, murdered her um, uh, for uh, reasons. He was involved with another woman and, and so on. This is a, a very lovely young woman. She was eight and a half months pregnant, a real tragedy. However, uh, you know, sometimes you're limited. And um, that was the story. They just could not make a significant contribution as to uh, the relevant questions of where, when, and how. Now, you have, for six decades, you have uh, been a uh, just terrific forensic scientist. Um, you, your expertise and testimony has been called upon in high-profile cases, uh, a lot of local cases, uh, private cases, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, how, how what, what was one of the first times that you got called in to do testimony and apply your expertise? Well, I uh, finished all of my training <clears throat> in 1962, five years of pathology, uh, three years of law school, two years as a captain in the United States Air Force. I did uh, those ten years in five. I combined law school and Air Force service with uh, uh, the five years of pathology training. I've been practicing since 1962, so that's uh, 50, 
uh, nine years now, <clears throat> 2021, um, and I continue to do consultations uh, for attorneys all over and autopsies, as I had previously uh, stated. And my, uh, so, you know, I've testified I, I do autopsies for coroners and district attorneys in surrounding counties here outside Pittsburgh. I have been coroner of Allegheny County for 20 years, uh, two separate 10-year periods, and I testified, you know, in all kinds, hundreds of cases locally uh, when I was coroner and now in the cases that I do for other coroners. And then my first uh, big case nationally was my involvement with John F. Kennedy, and that, that led to many things, including consultation with attorney Jim Garrison on the Clay Shaw case. Then I was the first uh, non-government-sponsored, non-government forensic pathologist given access to the autopsy materials at the National Archives in Washington, D.C. in 1972. And I was the one that announced, I discovered, uh, not in the sense that other people didn't know about it, but in the sense that nobody had disclosed it, that the president's brain was missing. It had not been examined. Wow. They fixed it in formalin to harden it, give it the consistency of a hard-boiled egg so it could be sliced like a hard-boiled egg and examined properly uh, two weeks after the autopsy was done on November 22, 1963, and they never cut the brain, and um, they said they wanted to, quote, preserve the specimen, unquote. I don't know sure for whom, uh, Jackie <laughs> Kennedy's mantelpiece or uh, her children or grandchildren, unbelievable, and they did not dissect the brain. Um, and obviously the reason was because it would have shown two separate hemorrhagic tracts of yep. bullet wounds, one coming from the front and one from the rear. And that's my take and has been for all of these years uh, since my involvement in JFK. There were two shooters, one from the rear, one from the front, uh, behind the picket fence on the grassy knoll. The Warren Commission report is sheer, unadulterated nonsense based upon the single bullet theory. One bullet producing seven wounds and two men, the president and Governor John Conley, bullet in and out of Kennedy, back uh, through his throat, and then into John Conley's um, um, right armpit, the bullet having to travel to the right about 18 inches as it emerges wow. from John Kennedy to get over to um, Conley's uh, right posterior axillary area and then into his chest, through his lung, breaking four inches of the right fifth rib, exiting from below the nipple level, although John Conley is shown holding his big Stetson hat at shoulder level. The bullet has to come up uh, several inches and hook around and slam into his wrist, breaking the distal end of the radius, one of the two long bones from the elbow to the wrist, emerging from the wrist, and then going into his thigh, and not seen or found uh, by anybody while he was being operated upon uh, or in the operating room until a maintenance man at the hospital in Parkland trying to get to the men's room, finding the corridors blocked, um, moved to moved the stretcher, and lo and behold, there was a bullet. That's the hero of the single bullet theory, which Mark Lane and I and others dubbed a long time ago as the magic bullet. Um, the 6.5 millimeter copper jacketed lead core bullet, an inch and a quarter in length, a quarter of inch in diameter, completely intact, despite having broken two large bones, slight deformity at the base from the impact of the firing mechanism, a total weight loss of only one and a half percent. Although pieces of the bullet were noted in four anatomic locations of the president and uh, John Connolly, but <laughs> they tell us that the weight loss was one and a half percent. Totally absurd. Without the single bullet theory, you obviously must have two shooters. That's what that's all about. You are damn good, doctor. Good lord. 
<laughs> that was tremendous. That was tremendous. So uh, over the last several years, it has it has come out that yes, that, that it's been de- declassified. That pretty much everybody that was anybody had a gun at at the uh, at at this parade. Um, why did it take so long for the one lone nut with a gun theory to be so debunked? Well, it, you know, it still hasn't been debunked officially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of official record, you know, the Warren Commission report still stands. Although, yeah. uh, since the first poll was taken, uh, the majority of Americans have rejected the Warren Commission report because it's sheer unadulterated nonsense. Uh, so uh, why why did they ignore it? Why did they cover it up? Because it was something that was engineered, uh, that was um, <clears throat> effectuated by people here in America, top-level people, probably CIA, military, active, or recently retired. It wasn't the Russians, it wasn't the Chinese, and it wasn't the Cubans. We have met the enemy, and he is us. This was the killing of the president, the execution of the leader. It was coup d'etat in America. It was the overthrow of the government. They couldn't uh, defeat Kennedy at the polls. They were looking at five more years of John Kennedy, and followed by eight years, likely, of Robert Kennedy. And they were very, very unhappy about what what he was doing uh, domestically, and uh, voting rights, and civil rights, and... um, um, and then very angry, very angry about the debacle of the Bay of Pigs. And he said he was going to destroy the CIA and tear it into a thousand pieces. He threw up a piece of paper in the presence of U.S. Senator Mike Mansfield when he said that. And then they were very upset about he was trying to warm up the Cold War with Russia. He was very unhappy about what the CIA was doing. The CIA was in, you know, they were a separate independent government. They committed... The uh, assassinations and overthrows of government anywhere in the world where they felt that it was inimical to America's best interests. Um, uh, Allende in Chile, uh, Arbenz in Guatemala, uh, the Anger Brothers in Vietnam, Mossadegh in Iran, whatever they, they wanted, they did. And, uh, and so there was only one way to deal with it, and that was to eliminate John Kennedy. And that's what they did, and they've been successful in covering it up all these years. We have got a tremendous, tremendous guest with us today, and uh, you you have just such a great, great uh, book here, Doctor. Um, tell us how we get the book and, and how we get involved with you, my friend. Um, thank you very much. Um, I would say the best way probably is through Amazon, uh, but it is available in bookstores, Barnes & Noble and other bookstores. But uh, it is published by McFarland Publishing Company in North Carolina. But I think the best way is to get it through Amazon, um, easily obtained. I think that people will find it extremely interesting and very informative and uh, quite intellectually uh, stimulating and provocative. And, uh, you know, to discuss these cases and also to uh, learn more about the criminal justice system and how it can be... um, um, perverted and uh, malevolently misused when they want to go against people like they did with me on two different occasions. Wow. Absolutely amazing. It has been an honor and a privilege, Doctor, to have you on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Thank you. A pleasure, and I thank you for having had me. Best wishes to you and your listeners for a healthy new year. Definitely. Thank you, Doctor. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you, sir. There he goes, and uh, the great doctor joins us today here on BGE. Build, grow, and enjoy. That was fantastic. And uh, go over to our website, buildgrownandenjoy.com, and we have got more on the other side coming up here in just a few moments.